The Power of the Word is brought to you each week by the support of our partners and friends. Last week on Power of the Word. God said that His Word has the power to go or penetrate all the way to our spirit. He said, the words I speak are spirit in their life. So when you expose yourself to this, when you take time early in the morning, or you take time even late in the night or even throughout the day, and you open this, what you are doing is you're drinking from and eating from life for your insides. The Bible is no ordinary book. It's the living, breathing Word of God Almighty. In this series, Prioritizing God's Word, Dr. Ed King emphasizes the importance of consistent daily Bible reading and reminds us that Scripture is God's love letter to us. It's full of His promises and is a guidebook for life. If you have a daily devotional life where you spend time just reading Scripture, you'll find that the Scripture will inspire you even on what to pray and how to pray. Putting God's Word first can change everything about you and provide the understanding needed for your future in Him. To receive this series, Prioritizing God's Word, as a digital download for $13 or on CD for $25, visit us online at powerofTheWord.com or call us at 1-800-956-4433. Make God's Word a priority in your life. You will never be the same. I'll submit to you that your conscience is not reliable unless it has <laughs> exposure to the Bible. Your conscience is not a good guide unless it's thinking the way it's supposed to think. And it doesn't think right until it's exposed to the truth. It'll just make up any old thing. And then you'll begin to have a set of convictions that are not necessarily the right ones. You'll begin to believe the wrong things are the right things. Because we do have a conscience, all of us do. And there is a God element to conscience. It's down in there, tucked away down in there. So there's an element of good in every person's conscience, an element. But you can hide it away so far that you can cover it over to the point the conscience is not reliable at all. Amen. And so there's a difference or there's a division between the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. And again, it discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, what does that mean? Well, there's a lot of things you want, but when you begin to spend time with God, you find out they're really unnecessary. That's not necessary for a good quality life. It's just stuff. It's just in the way stuff. There are a lot of things that I used to want. Now I wouldn't have it. But you, I think when you don't ever have anything, that you just want everything. I just want one of, you know, I remember as a little boy, I'd sit down and look at the Sears and Roebuck catalog. And I wanted one of these, 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 one of these. And now <laughs> I don't want it at all. I don't want to paint it, mow it, wash it, clean it. I don't want it. So the intent of the heart changes. 
That's what he's talking about. So you get exposed to the Word of God. It'll create the right set of thoughts in you, the right desires, the, the, the right way of thinking about things. Wealth is not all that important. Wealth gives you options. With wealth, you can help people. But wealth destroys some people. It doesn't help them. A lot of lottery winners get all messed up. So just wealth alone without God. See, you've got a bankrupt spirit, and now your body has got, it can do anything it wants to. That's not good. You, you, that's not good. Amen. Because, so you have to take dominance over things. You have to control it instead of it controlling you. Is anybody home in this house? Yes. Praise God. Now, now, this is interesting to me. And, and I want you to listen as we, as we navigate through this. In Hebrews 10, verse 38, it says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. For we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but them that believe to or unto the saving of the soul. Now what that tells you is this. The day you were born again, that was an instantaneous event. You were instantly born again. You can't improve that. It was not a long process. It was not something that you did and then had to keep doing. You do it. You get born again and you are instantly different on the inside, down in the core. That spirit man is instantly made new. Amen? Instantaneous. However, the soulish part of you, even though they're inseparable integral, they are different. The soul of you was not instantly made perfect. Your spirit was. But your soul has to go through a process. That's just what it said right there. We are of them that believe unto. That indicates process. We are of them that believe unto the saving of the soul. So remember, we said the soul is comprised of your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality. It's, it's you. It's who you are, okay? Down on the inside. That's the soulish man. But if you notice, all of those pieces of that have to go through a process of renewal. You're instantly born again. You die, you will instantly go to heaven. You can't, you can't that's, that's instant. And you'll go with your soul because they're forever, okay? However, the soulish part of us, while we remain on this earth, has to go through a process of, I guess we'd call it growth. We could call it renewing. We could call it renovating. We could call it a number of things. But it's process. That's the point. Everybody say process. process. See, it's not instantaneous like, like the Spirit being born again. It has to go through some things. And so the day you get born again, guess what? Even though you're saved, forgiven, on your way to heaven, nobody can take that from you. You got it. Say, I've got it. Okay, you got it. Amen. <laughs> okay. So you've got it. 
But your mind has to go through this process. It, 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 it doesn't just automatically start thinking right. Your personality may need a little work too. Listen to me, Sister Sandpaper. You may need to, need, need to work on a thing or two. I'm going to quit right there. That's all I'm going to do. Okay. Uh, but see, it's process. And that tells you something right there in and of itself. You mean the day I got saved? You mean I'm not instantly perfect? Yeah, that's what I mean to tell you. You're not instantly perfect. You're instantly perfected on the, at the core in your heart, your spirit, man. But no, your, your mind has got to go through some overhaul. Now, I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to this verse. To me, this is a really, really, really enlightening verse. And it's a standout verse, but you'll run by it. You won't even think about it much when you read it. <clears throat> but you go over here in 1 Peter 1 and 9. It says, receiving the end of your faith. Now, we talk a lot about faith. We talk a lot about faith around here. <clears throat> Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen? Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Jesus, the greatest faith teacher that ever walked, he taught us over and over and over how faith works. Say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. If you don't doubt in your heart, believe those things you say you'll, will come to pass. You'll have whatsoever you say. He showed us how faith works, the process. We believe, therefore we speak. That's the spirit of faith in operation. So faith is a real deal, okay? Okay, but now look what it says here. Receiving the end of your faith. Well, you know what the end is? That's the end. In other words, that's the goal, that's the destination, that's where you're headed, that's what you want to attain. If you're headed home, you're going to a destination, so the end of your journey is home. So the end of your journey is home. Right? In that case, that's where you're headed. Okay. Now think about it that way. So the end of your walk on planet Earth or your fulfillment of your Christian destiny, destiny is, 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 a, is a word that is related to destination. The destination is the end of your journey. Your destiny is the end of your journey. All right? So he said here, he said, now, now look at how it says it. Receiving the end or the results or the goal or the destination of your faith, listen, even the salvation of your souls. He said, so the number one goal that you're after is get this soul acting right. Number one. It's not to attain a possession. It's not to attain a lot of money. It's not to reach a career goal. It's not to get married. It's not any of that. He said, your number one goal, the end of your, the end of your faith, is the salvation of your soul. Now remember, we're not talking about the eternal part of it. We're not talking about the born again part of it. Your, your soul is going to live forever. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about 
the salvation or the deliverance of your soulish man. To get ascendancy over the things that beset you. Grow up. Act right. Do right. Talk right. Live right. That's the end of your faith. To get this personality in order. To get this mind in order. Everything that's related to your soul. To get it under the control of the God that lives in your spirit. Because when you got born again, God moved in. It's not just you in there. You don't, well, I can't seem to get my prayers above the ceiling. Well, you don't have to get them any higher than right there because that's where he lives. Amen. Are you home today? And so here we, we find that the, the, the end of our faith or the, or the pursuit or the goal or the destination for our faith is to get this soul saved. So that in of it tells you when you're born again, your soul is not saved. Now it's saved for eternity, but it's not saved from stuff. Are you home? Now we find in Ephesians 4, verse 22, he said that you put off concerning the former conversation, conversation meaning behavior, the old man. Now the old man is the, is the, is the man B.C., before Christ. Okay? He said that you put off the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And then verse 24, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So the, the, the thing that we're supposed to do as believers is put off the old man. Quit acting like you were before you received Christ. Quit acting that way. And then put on the new man that's created in righteousness and true holiness and on and on. So we take off the old and we put on the new. Amen? Is that the goal? Okay. Now notice what he said. Now he said, take off the old man, put on the new man. That's the instruction. Correct? Now he tells you how to do it in verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now there's some things that you could say there. Now remember, your mind is not your soul. But your mind is in your soul. It'd be like talking about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. People say, well, they're the same. Well, they're not the same. The kingdom of God is broad and vast. The kingdom of heaven is contained inside the kingdom of God. Are you home? That's another subject for another day, another sermon. But they, you know, I'm just telling you how to think about this. Your mind is inside your soulish man, but it is not your soul. All right. Now look what he said. He said, he said that your mind has a spiritual side. He said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other words, to get your mind connected to and acting like and in harmony with your spirit, which was made perfect. We use our faith unto the saving of the soul. That's what's being described right there. That's exactly what he's talking about. Getting that soulish man to act like that recreated, born again 
spirit with the spirit of God living in you. In other words, God leading your life from the inside out. Are you home? Now an outburst of anger, an outburst of temper is not walking in the spirit. Now remember, to be spiritually minded is life, to be carnally minded is death. And they're both there. And they can both take root at any time. Romans 8 and 6. And so the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now, so he tells us to not walk after the flesh, but to walk after the Spirit. Now I want to read this passage to you here in the book of Luke, or Romans rather, chapter 7. And it illustrates this in graphic detail, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the conflict between the soul and the Spirit, and the Spirit and the flesh, and all this conflict that goes on in us. Now we find in Romans 7 verse 14, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I I do that which I do I allow not, and that I would I do not, but what I hate that I do. You ever thought about that? What I want to do I don't do, what I don't want to do I do. You ever notice all you got to do, do it to eat a whole, I mean a dozen donuts is just stop resisting. I'm not talking about eating one donut, I'm talking about eat the whole blooming box. You ever notice how easy that is? That's not hard. Why is it not hard? Because the things I don't want to do, I do. I'm not eating that donut. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, I've heard that story before. Remember the first three letters of the word diet. Okay, now I won't elaborate that. He said, for that that I do, I allow not, and what I would that I do not, but I what I hate I do. Then I do that which I would not. I consent unto the law that is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, that your soulman's hearts dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. I want to do the right thing. To will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. I want to do the right thing. I just don't know how to do it. Isn't that what an addiction is? Exactly what an addiction is. I know what to do, just don't know how to do it. I don't have the strength. What a dilemma. Do you know what it means to lose your will? What I want to do, I can't do. That's what it's talking about. For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law. Everybody say law. law. Now you know what a law is? A law means it's going to work. You, you step off of this edge right here, the law of gravity says you're going to go down. You, you, will, you will go down. That's a law. Amen? It works every time, same time, same for everybody. There's nobody going to walk off there and float. So it's a law for everybody. He said, for law, the law that when I would do good, evil is present with me, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. 
See, that spirit man delights to do the right thing. See, that's the conflict. You got something in you that wants to do the right thing. If you didn't have that in you, what would it matter? Eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. What's the difference? Amen? Okay. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man or the spirit man, but I see another law in my members. Now the members, he wasn't talking about you all. Say, I'm a member. But I'm not that one. See, the member he was talking about are these things right here. These fingers are members of my hand. This hand is a member of my arm. My arm is a member of my body. See, that's the members he's talking about right there. He said, so I see another law in my members warring against the law. Now I want you to listen to this. Against the law of my mind. Now see, he gave you three things right there. He gave you the law of the external. He gave you the law of the internal. And he said where the pivot point is and where the decisions are made are in the mind. And if your mind is weak or your soulish man is weak, you cannot make the right decisions. If you don't feed your spirit and renew your mind and your soul, your flesh will dominate you. That's fact. He said, this is the war that we're dealing with. He said, the way that you gain ascendancy over the flesh is by exposure to the Word of God. And that's not the only way. But it's hugely necessary. And see, if you don't have the Bible going in you on a regular basis, see, your spirit man gets weak. You don't have enough strength to overcome the, the forces or the ravages or the temptations are all the things that life will present you. You'll yield to it. You'll begin to look. See, you'll begin to be conformed to the world. You remember the jello mold? You'll begin to look like the world and act like the world. But to be able to overcome the world, you have to be transformed by the renewing of the mind or the soulish part of us. So your spirit is perfect. Your flesh is lazy and corrupt and going to do whatever it wants to do. And the pivot point for both of those is the soulish part of us. We are of those who believe unto the saving of the soul. That soul has got to be saved or put in subjection to the spirit, not allowed to be controlled by the flesh. And that's what Paul was saying here. He said, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity, the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And so here he is crying out with that dilemma going on inside him, down deep, that turmoil. And we've all fought it. You want to do right and can't. I want to do right and can't. And then he's praying. He said, who shall deliver me from this mess? Who shall deliver me from this predicament? That is the question, is it not? How do I get out of this squeeze? How do I get out of this tug of war? Well, he answered his own question in the next verse. He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He said, that's how you win it. That's how you beat it. That doesn't mean everything you do is perfect, but it does mean that's the way out. 
You know that bracelet that says WWJD? What would Jesus do? That's a pretty good thought. What would Jesus do? Well, if you do what he would do, you'll come out right. <laughs> but we can read the bracelet and then do the wrong thing. Bracelet is not going to redeem you. It's that thought process. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Put off the old, put on the new. How? Renewing that mind. So you're a three-part being. And see, I think that sometimes Christians think they just get born again. That's all there is to the deal. Well, I'm born again. You know, that's, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go to heaven. That's good. And it's true. I mean, I'm not taking that away. But while you're here, you've got some work to do. Tell me that again. There you go. Okay. I just, see, do I get a witness? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. But he said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And so he's talking about that warfare that he's in. And you look on down in chapter 8, and it, it goes in, and I won't I elaborate it much. But he said in verse 2 of, of chapter 8, he said, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from that law of sin and death. So he said, we can get free from that stuff that's out to kill you. The devil's out to shorten your life. In any way he can. He's out to give you hell on earth. He's out to take you to hell in general, but if he can't get that part, he's just here to give you hell as much as he can right now. And this is the way that we gain control. And it's the warfare that none of us ever get out of. I'd like to tell you, well, we finally arrived. Well, we are the, of those who believe unto the saving of the soul. But I tell you when it's fully going to happen, when the trump sounds and we leave this earth, that's when it's fully going to happen. The revelation of the human being and, and psychologists and psychiatrists study that but the Bible gives us a lot of insight. It tells us really how we're made. We are three-part beings. We are spirit, primarily. We have a soul, and we have a body as well. Now, that soul of man is your mind, your will, your emotions, your personality. That's what's contained in that. Now, in the warfare that we live in, and it is, it is a spiritual war. There's the war between that spirit man and that flesh, the flesh wants to pull you into lots of things that you don't need to be involved in. And it's not just necessarily sin. The flesh just wants the course of least resistance. It wants to take the easy way out. And so we have to discipline the flesh to manifest our purpose and the will of God through our life. And there's always that warfare that goes on between those two entities and it always takes place in our mind and so we have to get our mind or our soul renewed to walk in the way God intended us to walk. To follow the Spirit is life, to follow the flesh will lead us to death and destruction. Now your spirit man comes alive when you come into a relationship with God. And you do that through accepting and receiving. He is pardoned through Jesus Christ to forgive our sins, to cleanse us by His blood, Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, 
I take you right now as my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you to serve you today and forever. Sin, Satan, I don't serve you. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Now, if you pray that prayer, know you meant it. Let us know here at Power of the Word. We want to pray with you. You need to tell somebody what you've done. We've enjoyed being with you today. Look forward to our next time together. Until then, God bless, and we'll see you soon.